That is Beard, the Gay Dad Podcast with Alex Megan and Young Daniel. Hello and welcome to another episode of Daddy Square, the Gay Dad Podcast. I'm Jan. I'm Alex. I always say gay dad, but I mean gay dads. All of them. Alex and I are a married couple. We have five-year-old twins and we're very enthusiastic about parenting. <laughs> All the time. Wake us up at three o'clock in the morning and we'll tell you how much it's awesome in every way. For example, driving with kids, right? Okay. Isn't it like the most I- incredible experience? Oh, it is. It's, it's so like in- driving Miss Daisy. It's like driving me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I-, I feel that so much is happening in the car, like during like when I get them to school or, you know, when I get them up, back from school or so much is going on that when I stop in the red light and I look at the car next to me and usually it's like, you know, we live in West Hollywood. So it's usually like a gay guy, very well preserved. And, or you no, know, or you know what else it can be? It can be that woman. I think many of you will know who that woman is. She's in her 30s or early 40s and she's got brassy hair and she's very well put together. And for some reason, and I don't understand this, because I'm a man her it's like her middle finger is touching her lips I don't know what she's doing I think she's like evening out the lip gloss or something but that's the thing that she's doing and I'm always like what is with the finger and the lips hello at daddysqr.com if you'd like to explain <laughs> that to us but what even more interesting is driving long drive with kids Ooh. it's so interesting that last time we did that I We bought tickets for me and the kids to go back on the plane and Alex drove the car <laughs> back true. it was a one way yeah it a was one a way one way turn yeah uh, and uh, during that that time Alex you had a very good invention General Motors if you are listening to us why are you not sponsoring us first of all we are a family oriented show and you like the gays now so let's go but anyway what I don't understand is so much money is spent on making cars luxurious but But where are the multi-directional dividers? I want a button that I can press that raises a divider between the front and the back. That's kind of a given. The fact that that doesn't exist in cars in non, non, non-limos, non-London <laughs> taxis, I don't understand by itself. But that's not enough. Where is the second button that you can press that raises a divider between the left rear and the right rear seat so that you You can separate the children from each other in essence what I'm suggesting is a vehicle where no two people can interact with each other that's what I'm looking for and I don't understand why it hasn't been done yet the reason why the genius invention came from Alex is because during the whole drive to Arizona the ki- our kids were like ca- couldn't stop fighting with each other and touching each other and yeah. picking like on each other's stuff so so we're like okay we have to invent this thing stop touching me stop touching me he touched me he's pointing at my nose that's what my kids do now mm-hmm. it's amazing welcome to parenting daddy square the gay dad spotcast around the world today's Israel and Israel, what is this country of which you speak? <laughs> yes, it's fun because this is a country where Jan is capable of both being the host and the interviewee, but he will not be because we did way better than him. Yes, so much better. But also I have to say that I, because I'm not, I, I haven't been living in Israel for the past decade, basically. Yeah. I don't claim to be an expert about what's going on since things are 
rapidly changing yeah there. it's like my shameful relationship with new york i still like to yeah you still say you're a new yorker but run around like, saying i'm a new yorker meanwhile i i drive my suv four blocks to the pavilion's uh, supermarket while so. eating sushi in the car <laughs> and applying lipstick with my middle <laughs> finger Fact about Israel, it was founded on May 14, 1948. Mm. Population is 8.8 million people. Wow, actually, I didn't know it had it's, it's grown a lot. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, currency is the shekels. Yes, shekel. <laughs> um, it's 31 cents now. It's, going, so shekel, it's still by the changing on like, a daily basis. What's fun is that the shekel is actually the currency as listed, as named in the Bible from thousands of years ago, so that's kind of fun. Yeah. All you Christian people. Yeah. Uh, national food is the falafel. And is, that, a, is that like some kind of an official thing? <laughs> it, oh, yeah. Are it's one kidding? of the most flatulent foods in the world, just so all of you it's will know. It's a street food. It's basically chickpeas fried bowl. Yeah. Uh, you put it in a pita with hummus and trina and salads, and it's like amazing. I can translate what Jan just said. It's put in a pita, pita with bread. hummus Peter and tahini. <laughs> Three things you didn't know came from Israel. Me. <laughs> no, kidding. Um, ways. I knew, I knew. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, ways, knew. ways, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, navigation device with a twist. This is how they describe themselves. Okay. Uh, the peel cam. I, the I, peel cam, the, you swallow a medical camera. Oh, I did this. Yeah, I know. Yes, yes. That's why I'm like, okay, Alex did this, you can... Uh, yeah, it was great. Tell about it, it was from a perfectly, a uh, perfectly easy experience. It's amazing. It's a, it's a big pill, but it's a pill. Is it big? A, it was a little bit big, but it had a camera in it, and you know, I don't think it does like direct post to Insta, but yeah, uh, it you, should. It really, it really shouldn't. It, IG Live. <laughs> Number three uh, thing that you might not know come from Israel is Wix. Right. Uh, listen, I mean, those of you who don't know, Israel has, over the last 20 years, become an incredible center of technology innovation, like across the board, medical innovation, internet innov- innovation, um, water desalinization. Israel is incredible mm-hmm. uh, making fresh water out of ocean water. Israel is also incredible with providing Wonder Women. Wonder Women. Yeah. Only the one, but but they did very well. Gal Gadot. And by the way, those of you who, who think that it's French, it's not pronounced Gal Gadot. It's pronounced Gal Gadot. Um, and yes, we, the, the Jewish people in the state of Israel provided her to you. You're welcome. <laughs> Our guest today is Ifri Lider. Also an incredible contribution a, to the world. Yes, he's an Israeli pop star and icon. I added the icon because that's what I think about him. Well, because if he referred to himself as an icon, it would be really bad. <laughs> He's a classical trained musician, released seven albums as a solo artist and were so, that were sold in tens of thousands, maybe millions even, I want to say. Uh, he came out in 2002 and became the most successful gay singer in Israel of all times. In 2007, the American Out magazine named him in the top 100 influential LGBT people in the world. Wow. In 2013, he was on Out's most eligible gay bachelor's list. He signed with a record label in France and released music under the name The Young Professional with his friend Johnny Goldstein. He also remixed internationally known artists like Zed and Lana Del Rey. He served as a judge on both X Factor Israel and The Voice Israel, and he's also a dad. Yeah, and uh, as far as being on the most eligible bachelor list, I don't think he's on the list anymore. Not anymore. Ah. 
Sorry for all of you. He's, by the way, quite cute. So mm. he's adorable. Yeah. And Avery and I go back a long time, you know. I don't know. By you the way, you know, how, you know how when you meet somebody from another country and you say, oh, do you know such and such? And they're like, what are you, crazy? Because, you know, how do I, how am I supposed to know this person just because I'm from the same country as them? In Israel, it actually works. If they're from Israel, you say, do you know such and such? And the answer is yes. <laughs> well, eight million people is like right, less than, than LA. Um, <laughs> so yeah, if we and I were like mostly uh, work uh, related relationship right i've known him for 20 years i wow. say you know that we're going to go to israel right after this season over <laughs> but know. you know virtually we're here we're there now so let's go on a plane also by the way when we're plane to tel aviv also uh, right when we're going on the plane to interview people around the world you know we're sitting alone in a jet with um like drinks being brought to us and sushi and when we go uh for real uh at the end of july it will be with our children and it will be back in the cattle car and it will be less. Jammed with a lot of other yeah. people. By the way, when you fly to Israel on a nonstop flight, uh, you land, there are more children when you land than when you take off. I'm telling you, it's a <laughs> fact. Okay, Alex, we're going on a flight. No kiss kiss, no miss miss, and no business allowed. Shukran. Going to Israel. Ivri, hi, good morning. Boker Tov. Um, Boker. Boker. <laughs> Boker Tov. Boker Tov. For those of you listening, that means good morning. Yes. So we're here to talk about being gay dad in Israel. And uh, you had a son through surrogacy, right? I did, yeah. A year and a half ago. So, oh, so everything's nice and quiet and calm right now for you, is it? <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, so quiet and calm. He's like, yeah, he's just interested in like being quiet and calm. Sure. And, like, How and, and, funny, is it? yeah. Violin lessons are coming along. Everything's yeah, like, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, dive into the life of being gay dads in Israel. First of all, what's the situation right now with the Israeli law regarding surrogacy? Well, actually, this is something that we're really fighting for these days because uh, it's right now it's like a discriminating law because um, if you're a straight couple, you can do surrogacy in Israel. And also if you're a woman, you can do surrogacy in Israel. But if you're a man, you can't. And so uh, you mean do you mean that if you were, a, for example, a single straight man in Israel, you would not be able to set yeah. up a surrogacy arrangement? Yeah, that is true. Wow. Um uh, that is true. Although it, it's it, it's kind of obvious that it's more of a anti-gay law because there's not a lot. There is, by the way, but there's not a lot of straight men sure. who go for right. a surrogacy alone. Sure. So uh, it's we, we we definitely see it as something discriminating against gay men. But the Supreme Court actually ruled last year that it should be changed. Ooh. So now it's now it's like it's a this moment in time where we're kind of waiting to see what's going to happen with that because there is a ruling and now the law should be changed but you know someone will probably uh, try and make it fail but let's yeah. let's just see. So I'm just I'm just curious about how this works though if if a man goes and wants to set up surrogacy, a surrogacy arrangement, is the idea that um, you know it will be blocked because there's no woman to put her name on the birth certificate when the child is born? What is the what is the manner with which they can actually say that this is not legal? It's it's actually an inter interesting question. I was just 
I, I actually talked to some friends of mine uh, like a few weeks ago and I said, okay, if I'll actually go there, like go to the to the agency, you know, and say, hello, my name is Ivry Lider and I would like to start a surrogacy process. What will happen? Like wh- when is the moment when they'll say, no, you can't. And for what reason? And you know what? I don't have, I don't really know because I didn't mm. try. I just, I just know it's not legal. So right. I guess at some point in the process, it will, it will be blocked. Right. Maybe right away. Maybe uh, I, I don't really know, to be honest. Right. I presume, by the way, that if you walked in and said, my name is Ivory Leader and I would like to do surrogacy, the first thing they would <laughs> do is call the newspapers. But we'll, yeah, probably, <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll put that aside. Um, Maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> so can you can you tell us what you ended up doing uh, to to make your yeah. family? Yeah, sure. Um, so I I worked with an agency and I ended up having a surrogate mom in Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, wow. wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Quite an experience. <laughs> and uh, a wonderful, wonderful woman called Christine. And uh, it was an amazing process. You know, it's... Uh, it's it's a worldwide thing because you know I'm from Israel and the egg donor was from South Africa. Oh and wow! She went yeah she went to India to a special clinic where they send the sperm to and that's where they take eggs and create the magic and then those embryos fly to LA to a special doctor in LA um, and then the surrogate mom goes from from Alabama to LA for the process of putting the embryos in her. And uh, when everything is, is is working and good, then she goes back home. Wow, listen. Alabama, so, uh, yeah. Listen, Daddy Squared, not brought to you by British Airways, but next season? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. incredible. So was totally, the... Totally. Was the um, the decision to to choose the egg donor f- specifically from South Africa was by accident? It actually the 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 part of all the process that I think took me the most time yeah. uh, choosing. Uh, I felt I really want to feel like a certain connection, you know, um, right with with that woman and what I see. And it took me some time, and I I looked at uh, different agencies and. Um, Eventually, actually, I think it's an American agency, but she was from South Africa. Wow. And, you know, that, yeah. Um, and I, I just felt it, you know, I just said, okay, this, I would love to, to I would love for it to be her. You know, it's interesting. Um, those of us who live in the United States don't generally think of Alabama as one of the most uh, friendly states for this kind of thing. Isn't that really interesting? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's I think it's amazing. It's so interesting, and you know, and uh, it's and for Christine, it's the second time she's doing surrogacy. Like wow, for it's, for uh, gay men. Uh, yeah, for gay wow. men. Actually, for gay men from Israel. Oh. So it's, uh, it's just <laughs> she has a niche. Alabama-Israel connection. Yeah, really. It's very big. So, it's so, so your, your son, is it your son? Did, yeah. Did we say son? So yeah. your son yeah. was born in Alabama, and then you brought him, about how old was he when you brought him back to, uh, to Israel? Two and a half weeks. Oh, yeah, you did it quick. <laughs> um, and, and so what is it like for um, bringing a child born overseas um, mm-hmm. to Israel uh, in terms of access and citizenship and, legal, yeah. and all the legal aspects of that? Yeah, you when you come here, you need to go to uh, the, the hospital and to this uh, 
do this test that that like proves that you are actually the father. I so see. It's, it's like a little blood test for you and the baby, and uh, it proves that you're actually the father. And uh, although you have a birth certificate from right. the states, right? Yeah. So, uh, but in Israel, they 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 will uh, they want to check do that. Yeah, they want to check. And uh, after that, everything is very simple and easy. And uh, he gets an Israeli citizenship, and uh, you know, because he comes with an American one into Israel right. at the beginning. Right, right. Uh, uh, and look, it's very like these days in Israel. It's uh, it's very very common for gay people to have kids. Like it's 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 pretty amazing what happened in Tel Aviv. Like it's uh, you know, I've been out. I came out publicly. Um, in 2001 and um, since then like I would say in the last 10 years it became uh, like the, the obvious thing the normal right. obvious thing for, for gay couples to have kids uh, I would say almost like it's the obvious thing for for, for straight couples you know in, in Israel kids is something very very um, entrenched in the in the society and it's like it's it's like important you know it's it's very it's the, having kids it's like the maybe the most important thing you can do with your life yeah. right and and, uh, and uh, are yeah. are your are your parents uh, still around if i may ask uh my mother is my father is not anymore and, and how much did she pressure you to do this because mine made oh. my life hell <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, my mom, my mom is a very special lady and, uh, she didn't pressure me to do it. She encouraged me when she saw that I want to, right. and she loves Albie and she's, she's very, very, very involved and uh -huh. she lives, uh, right next to me and she's in, she sees Albie, Albie almost every day and wow. she's very involved with his uh, life, but, uh, she did not pressure me. I think mm -hmm. she wanted to see that it's something I'm ready to do and I really want to do and not out of like the classic, uh, pressure did you know that you wanted to have kids at an early you know at an <clears throat> early on in your adult life you know what it's 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 interesting because if you would ask me i would say no but then yesterday i went to i had this tv interview and uh what they do they they create at the beginning of the interview they create this big big wall full of pictures of you from from all your life. And one of the pictures was this news article that I, like this uh, interview in the, in the newspapers that I did years ago. And the, 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 the headline was, I know I'm going to have a kid. Oh, like, wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I, I didn't even remember that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so I, I guess, I guess it, it's, I guess it is there, there uh, earlier than I thought. Right. Uh, but I would say that I feel like it did take me uh, the time that it took me to decide that I'm doing it and how I'm doing it. Uh, I think at the beginning, you know, I was in a, in a long relationship and I was thinking that I'm going to do it um, in a relationship. And then and then we broke up uh, partly because of that, because he wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. and, and then I was alone for a while and then I was actually thinking I'm going to do joint parenthood and uh, meeting some girls. And then after a while, I, I kind of felt like this is not really for me. And I 
started to think that I would never feel ready with another woman that's not my wife, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I felt like I'm trying to, like, in a, in a deep kind of psychological way, unconscious way, maybe it's a way for me to to not commit enough. Mm. And you guys know how, how big a commitment it, it actually is. Yeah. And uh, since, I, since I was able to actually tell myself that, I was like, okay, uh, so you're gonna commit and you're gonna do it. And then I was still single and I started the process. Wow. And, and the most interesting thing that happened to me and the most amazing thing is that I, I met uh, Jonathan, my boyfriend, uh, I met him right after I started. So basically I started the process as a single man, but eventually when Albi was born, we were all already in a relationship. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, well, that doesn't strain the relationship at all. <laughs> no, right? And you, know what? Yeah, you wanna hear the funniest thing? I actually, Jonathan always says that uh, we, on our first date, we were like sitting in my house and talking and drinking wine and like talking. And I told him, yeah, I'm having a kid. Yeah. You know what's really you know what's really sexy is when you're early on in a relationship and you say, "Would you just come with me to this uh clinic for a minute? I just have to make a deposit and and then we'll we'll continue on with dinner." Right, right. I think, well, I, well, he he thought it was sexy, I guess, because it stayed. <laughs> um so so I guess that from what I know, I mean, I don't live in Israel for uh, a while now, but to have babies through surrogacy is like the most popular way to have kids, for, right? For, for, gay, for gay men. Um, yeah, although a lot of people do join join parents. So yeah, so co-parent. Like yeah, it's, it's it's it really depends. Like I have I have friends who did uh, joint parenthood, and I have friends a lot of friends who did surrogacy. Um, so if you decide to do, so I know that uh, joint parenthood or co-parenting, as we call it here, yeah. it's um it's a uh, kind of um. I think that it's also popular in other countries. I mean, I think we spoke with the Netherlands. Who said yes, that. and South Africa too. Um, yeah. And there they have like specific uh, organizations or website that do matchmaking between okay. uh, women and gay men. Is that the same way in Israel? How does it go as far as co-parenting? If um, you know? It's a good question if we have something like that. I don't really know. I think in Israel, at least from people that I know, it's very common to do it with someone you know for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of my friends will tell you, oh, we were like friends from high school and we're, I'm oh. friends with this woman for 20 years and now we're going to have a, a kid together. Like okay. it's very, in a very Israeli fashion, uh, it's very family-like and very like close relationship-like, right. I yeah. feel. You know, my feel. I think we are, because both of us uh, have a connection to Israel, we are perhaps making the mistake of not going through what the rules are as far as marriage and other forms of equality for gay men in Israel. And if we can just take a moment to talk about that, my understanding yeah. is uh, there is no such thing as gay marriage in Israel. There is domestic partnership and yeah, the laws true. that govern it, correct? Yeah, yeah that's correct. And if you get and if you get married somewhere else, you know, uh, in the states or, or somewhere in Europe, or Sweden, uh, if and you come with that uh, marriage certificate to Israel, then you get all the rights of a married couple. Understood. It's just it's just like marriage in Israel is is religious, and you know that's where it, it collides, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's not it's yeah. not a 
it's not necessarily a gay thing. I mean, um, Israel, uh, I know a lot of straight couples who got, get married outside of Israel yeah. just because it's religious. Yeah, that is, that is true. Right. Um, it, it, it's true. And I guess, I guess until that's not changed, then actually marriage would be a problem. Yeah. Right. In that sense, I think it's very interesting. What? You're not talking into the microphone, oh, my I, husband. In that sense, I think it's very interesting that um, Israel is considered such a, such a big place, like the gay pride is huge. Everybody here in America even heard about it. And, yeah. and then inside Israel, there's such a conflict in regards to between the religion and, and the sexual orientation. Well, it's, it's, the, it's the conflict of Israel uh, on many other levels, I guess. Uh, but it's really interesting what happened here because, you know, you think of Israel, you think uh, the, the Middle East, you know, you think. And, and Israel is, you know, when I came out in 2001, being already like a, a popular singer, you didn't have that uh, almost anywhere in the, in the world. You know, like you didn't have many... And, and here it became this place where all, you know, a lot of famous people come out, I think uh, kind of like before the States, you know? Yeah. And um, so, so yeah, on one hand, like it's a very, very liberal place, mm-hmm. I, I feel. Yeah. And at the same time, it's not. It's like, it's this, it's, uh, it, <laughs> we go like, it's like two parallel streets that, yeah. that lead together and go somewhere together, you know, at the same time. Right. And by the way, uh, uh, Jan just mentioned a second ago gay pride in Tel Aviv. For those of you listening, (laughs) gay pride in Tel Aviv is so good. Gay pride in Los Angeles is so boring. And (laughs) the one in Tel Aviv will blow your mind. So as soon as they open up... speaks, but he doesn't remember that I I dragged him out of the elevator while drunk. Yes, yes, there was a lot of drinking, but that's not really the point. The point is it was a celebration of uh, diversity and drinking. (laughs) Um, and then more drinking (laughs) there was some more drinking involved too and then you went to the club well I mean let me just be clear that even even before children came into my life my limit is around one o'clock at night and in Israel in Israel that's when people start going out so it didn't it it didn't work that work that well for me don't go anywhere I want it'll be empty (laughs) right exactly that's terrible Um, so we we kind of covered co-parenting and um, and surrogacy. Do you know anything about adoption? Because I know it's not really big in Israel. Oh yeah, uh, it's not big, and um, uh, I I don't know enough. Yeah. I don't want to just say um, it's actually interesting. I, I I'm I think I will be interested in that um, yeah. at some point, and then I'll go more into it. Um, when you say that, does that mean that you are already thinking about having another child? Oh yeah, I'm in. I'm like, I I love it. I think I'm having a, a wonderful experience with Albi, and uh, it's a it's a huge joy. You know, I, I I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's uh, it's really wonderful, and uh, I have I have this fantasy of of. Uh, a family, you know, and, and, and more than one kid. And I, I think it's also good for him to have a brother or sister and, um, you know, not be an only child. And right. I, it's such a wonder. It's such an amazing thing, really. Like, I think 
uh, the parenting and and suddenly have like a little kid and watching the world through his eyes and learning about the world with him and and being able to teach him things. It's just incredible. Well, now I'm going to have to go back to our kids after we finish this interview and appreciate them. Ugh, <laughs> fine. <laughs> yeah. I even wrote a children's book this year. Oh, did you? What's it called? So, yeah. Uh, it, it will be very, very complicated in English. Like it's cause it's about like, it's this, uh, my, my sister is a painter and she painted, uh, mixed animals. Uh, and the idea of mixed animals gave me an idea to write those poems for kids that are kind of like non-binary. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we're actually going to release the, the book really soon. Oh, it's um, great. So yeah, yeah. It, it brought a lot of thoughts. I are we getting an are we getting an English version or is it just going to be? I, I really hope so. No, I really actually really hope so. Lovely. Uh, it's not going to be easy to translate. We'll <laughs> try. Yeah. Um, and speaking about um, about the the experience of parenting, I always say that, like looking back at the first year, it was like sort of a deconstruction and reconstruction of myself as a person, um, hmm. just because it's. Uh, and especially as gay men, like we used to a certain lifestyle and suddenly there's something that bind us, you know, and, and like take, takes all of the attention. Did you feel that same way, that the same thing as well? Um, yeah, I, I totally understand what you're talking about with uh, reconstructing yourself. And I think uh, it makes you want to bring the best out of yourself. It makes you look at everything you do. I think once you realize how much everything you do is this little brain of his is, is, um, looking at and imitating. And, um, you actually teach someone else about life. It's, it's, uh, super intense and deep and, uh, and you want to be good. You know, you want to be the best you can be, you know, you will never be perfect and you'll make your mistakes, but, you want to be there, you know, and uh, be there all the time. And it's, it's, it's very intense. You know, for me uh, with my work, it's not always easy because, you know, it's actually this year lockdown gave me a special opportunity to spend much more time with Albi than I will, than I would have without lockdown because, you know, I, I was this, this every summer, it's always like crazy with gigs and then concerts and, you know, a lot of work. And, and I kind of got like a little present with this lockdown, I have to right. say. Now I'm trying to, to find a way to, you know, combine everything. And uh, you, but yeah, but you need to make your adjustments, of course. If you want to have kids, it means that you, you know, it becomes the, the most important thing in your life. And uh, you need to, to find a way to make everything work. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned earlier on the um, the conflict in Israel between the religious and the uh, the liberal, um, and I wanted to kind of get your two cents on where do you think this is going? Like, what's the future of Israel in regards to gay parenting in general and to gay, you know, LGBT equality? Wow, that's 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 a very good and interesting question. I want to say something. Like, I would be. I would be a little careful with just saying religious because uh, there's so many different um, 
kinds of religious people uh, in Israel. There's even a big group of gay religious people, like openly gay uh, organizations and, you know, groups and uh, Facebook uh, groups. And, you know, mm. there are there are a lot of religious people who are openly gay. Mm. So um, and, and and there's a lot of uh, religious people who are not gay, but are very liberal and very supporting of gay people. Like I have a lot of religious um, fans. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, we should be careful just labeling people as religious and thinking that, that because they are, uh, people of faith, then they don't necessarily, um, think they're not for the, the gay rights or yeah. all that. So I would talk about more, uh, I think it's more the hardcore and, and orthodox and, you know, side of religion that, that has a problem with gay rights. And uh, it's it's a pretty powerful politically. It's powerful. Um, it's a powerful part of Israel, and 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 it is a cultural war. And honestly, I don't really know, but I think it's not something you can. It's a kind of progress that you cannot take back. You know what I mean? Like I don't think eventually you can. Th this is the way the world is moving to. Mm -hmm. Eventually, you know, mm -hmm. you have little uh, little hiccups. You have. Uh, little blips in the road, but eventually the world is going there. Yeah. Um, uh, more diversity, uh, more liberalism, more eventually, you know, I think. And, and again, if we take a, uh, if we take a look back over the last 200 years, 300 years in the world, it moved towards liberalism. And uh, so we can have little periods of time where it maybe looks different. But if you look at it a little bit from a little bit more macro, then this is where we're going. Yeah. And I don't think I don't think we anyone can change that. And, yeah. um, and 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 so to speak, also about Israel, I think it's the same thing. You know, it's it's too powerful. And I think most of the people in Israel will have are eventually very, very, very positive about uh gay people having kids i think if you will actually ask i think most of the people are very very encouraging um avery leader thank you so much for coming on we are now getting to the yeah. final section of our interview we're going to add a special question just for you today in the lightning okay. round um the first question is can you list um, some of the musical artists that you have been playing for your son from an early, oh. early age, uh, please oh, yeah. do include yourself if that is in fact what happens. Um, so it's an interesting question. So when when uh, when Christine was pregnant with Albi, um, she bought those little earphones to play music to him. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, she asked me for a playlist. Right of artists that I like and also some of my songs to include there so he will listen. And and she wrote me this cute message. I want you to send your the music that you like because right now he listens mostly to country music. <laughs> that's <laughs> okay, so you know, because that's the music she loves. And, and actually that's great because I love country music. So okay. Think, that's good. Keep playing country music. Uh, it's nice. And I sent uh, some other stuff also. Um, and we have this thing uh, on a Saturday when we wake up in the morning. I play. Uh, I I try to play a lot of classical music uh -huh. in the house. 
because uh, I grew up listening to classical music because my dad was a big, big, big uh, classical music lover. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really think that it this it's important you know, right. to know the history of music and and to have this education. So I play I play some classical music um, and I just play I, I, I play stuff that I like, you know, like uh, from Bright Eyes to Paul Simon, uh, Peter Gabriel, Johnny Mitchell. Um, but we, we really, and then we, if we want to dance, you know, Jonathan is Swedish, so we play ABBA, of course. Of course. And, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of other cool Swedish artists that I don't even remember their names. <laughs> and, uh, we, um, uh, we play everything, you know, we are very, very diverse in our music. There are some beautiful, amazing Israeli, um, Music for children. Uh, uh, Jan probably knows it. Akeva like Sashishasa, it's called. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. 16th, yeah. Uh, sheep. Sheep, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and which is, it's it's absolutely genius and it's amazing. Uh, so I play that a lot to Albi. Uh, he knows everything now by <laughs> heart. And uh, some of my songs, of course, yeah, also. Yeah, and yeah. it probably gets uh, live uh, concerts. Here and there. Yeah, yeah. it gets it, live concerts and you sit at the piano together. I have to say that right now he's a bit more interested in in the mechanism of how the piano works right. than actually playing it. Right. So he loves like closing and opening yes. the lid on my fingers and it makes him, <laughs> it makes him very, very happy and it yeah. makes me I'm not, not sure. I'm not sure he recognizes just how dangerous that is to do to yeah. his father. Yeah. No, no, he, he, he doesn't. But... Uh, <laughs> Maybe at some point he'll be interested in also playing the piano, and then I'm there. I'm there to help him and teach him right. uh, if he wants to. If he doesn't, it's totally fine. Okay. Um, and yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now the real lightning round questions. Are you ready? Your first question yeah. is: What was his first solid food? Solid. Uh, his first solid food was uh, this mash. Like my mother makes those uh, sweet potato mash thingy, uh-huh. and that's yeah. first. Okay. Second question is: What is your most frequent dinner together now? And please be honest: We would be. We we do. We actually discussed it yesterday that we try to have dinner every day at six together. Yeah. The three of us to to like eat together. But you know what it's like right now. It's like, uh, hello, Albi, we sit here, this is the food, and then, okay, the food is on the floor. And, uh, let's oh, I, I'm sorry. I actually meant what is the food? What do you guys usually have? Ah, what do you guys usually have? Uh, we have uh, um, all kinds of meat, like we have chicken and we have uh, schnitzel, if... Uh, a lot because it's something very like Israeli and right. uh, and he loves um, he loves fruit I have to say I'll be like he loves watermelon and and the strawberry he loves he's, he's a pretty easy kid with food I have to say there's not a lot he doesn't eat oh that's amazing so that's that that's kind of nice yeah like it's not he's not very picky with the food all right yeah. a family cold or flu remedy 
family culture. You- like talking about chicken soup, we mm-hmm. I, I'm a big big fan of uh, even if I have a cold, like a big fan of chicken soup with a lot of gar- garlic. Ah, but yes. like to a point where nobody can be ne- near you for two right. days. Like, right. Like yeah. this, um, this much garlic. Now you see where but, I get uh, this from. Yes. It's an Israeli yeah, thing. But, but it's a it's a it's a it's a very you know it's for my mother. It's very it actually helps. I have to say it's actually good. Yeah, uh, garlic is the antibiotic of nature. That's Maybe. how I say yeah. it. That's, that's what they say. Uh, yeah. I guess I should just ask because it runs in Jan's family. Uh, anything about cutting an onion in half and like leaving it in their bed with them when they're sick? <laughs> Actually, yeah, 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 yeah. There it I, is. I, I, we do it sometimes. I heard about it, and we do it sometimes. I don't know how much it actually works. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure it's very scientific. Yeah, uh, but I know this theory. Yeah. Okay. I, good. I, I tried it a few times. I'm a fan. All right. Uh, second to last question: What is the first thing that you would like to do once the lockdown, uh, as a result of the pandemic, really goes away? I think in Israel it did. Well, but yeah, not I don't want to rub it in, but it's very, very open here, <laughs> and right. uh, I'm playing concerts every day now. Wow! And like regular, back to regu- yeah, like oh. Uh, regular. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I was really waiting for the swimming pool to open because I was missing my swimming so mm. much. So now I can uh, uh, swim again, which is really awesome. And uh, <laughs> okay, and yeah, everything else is is pretty open. All right, look, Avery, this is the most difficult, dangerous question of the entire interview. <laughs> I, okay. I, I okay, hope I'm you're scared. ready. Yeah, you should. I'm you really, you really should be. We I need, am. we need the name. Alex is looking for a specific answer. I so know. There's. I know you no. are. All right. Yes. Um, so much stress. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, please name for us a single individual who is. Uh, the ultimate gay icon, uh, yourself included, I suppose, if you'd like to. But but he the, means like cer- certain someone who won your... No, 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 don't like. do that. No, <laughs> don't lead the witness. Uh, please uh, name for, for our listening audience a gay icon from Israel um, that you think they should know about if they don't already know. And their name is Dana. Stop! <laughs> No, actually, actually, I, I know what you mean about Dana, and Dana is definitely a very important gay icon from Israel, uh, totally. But I will take that opportunity to talk about someone uh, that you probably don't know. Ah. Uh, maybe Jan knows him. Uh, I will speak about uh, my, my good, good friend and mentor, Gal uh, who's a, a journalist, a writer, uh, a film producer, uh, who produced uh, the famous gay movie Yossi and Jagger, mm-hmm. and who wrote and produced The Bubble and uh, Walking uh, Walk on Water. And he's really one of the most uh, important uh, gay figures in Israel for many, many, many years, uh, writing about it, uh, fighting about it. He was, uh, a, he was very instrumental in... in uh, the in creating Iggy, the gay youth organization in Israel, and he's a wonderful, wonderful man uh, that I love a lot and that influenced my life a lot and helped me a lot with my public coming out. And uh, I really think that he's uh, maybe the most important gay figure in Israel. Well, 
how does he look in a feathered dress? Does he look good in a feathered dress? Uh, well, God, God will look good in anything okay. because he shines from the inside. <laughs> I would say, I would add that he's also somewhat responsible for sending Dana International to Eurovision. Oh, so, so I, would, yeah. I would say that. Conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not not a day goes by in this house that I don't have to experience Donna International in one form or another. Don't get me wrong, she's she's the bomb, but still, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Every leader, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. This thank was you guys. delightful. My pleasure. Be well. Thank, thank you, you so much. You da. too, guys. Bye bye. Daddy Square, the Gay Dads podcast. We're back from the interview with Ivry. Um, I just want to say that he's pronounced Gal Yuchovsky, uh, which is how you're supposed to pronounce, but we call him Gal Ochovsky in Israel. Just pointing that out. All right. I, I also, think a lot, listen, a lot of people from Israel uh, and probably from other countries, when they want to make it in the West, they mess with their names. I no, mean, it's not messing. It's just saying, it's writing the same. But, it's uh, pronouncing yeah. it differently. Yeah. And, and I will just point out that there may be some of the Daddy Squared, the Gay Dads podcast uh, hosts who have engaged in a similar activity. Maybe. Maybe. Um, who are from Israel. Who are from Israel. <laughs> I'm trying to pare it down. <laughs> uh, I also want to point out about Dana International. You guys, if you guys don't know who she is, you better yeah. watch it. Like, just Google we're gonna, her. We're going to... No, we're going to put links on, yeah, on daddysqr.com slash Israel. She is very important. I am actually wearing a Donna International t-shirt right now. And I, and I want to say... I'm wearing no t-shirt. Right <laughs> yes. And we're recording while shirt we're, we're a little al fresco today. But no, but listen, I, I want to say that I was never into the kind of over-the-top, wacky, poppy, sticky kind of music. But she is a force. She is absolutely amazing and incredibly enjoyable not only to listen to her music but to actually watch yeah. her be interviewed it's a phenomenon she is, she's it's like a phenom- got a share angle to her in that she doesn't give a fuck kind of person yeah. she's great yeah so it's all, yeah also it's a personality it's not just the um, right the songs um surrogacy in israel it's not allowed for gay men um it's very discriminated against and people are actually working on it when i say people i say the lgbt community which is um gaining so much strength in the past decade that it's really amazing to see and to watch and to learn from they're fierce they're very (laughs) they're very fierce I, i would also say from my experience what's really interesting is and i don't know how similar this is to america i'm trying to think it through the city of Tel Aviv and its surroundings could not possibly be more gay and more gay friendly. Um, the city of Jerusalem and its surrounding, not very gay friendly. But still, there is, you know, the, the Jerusalem open house and there's a lot of community there is growing. Yes, it's not like in Tel Aviv, but still, um, I think that in every city right now, there is some form of gay LGBT activity. No doubt. I guess my point is that Israel is um, polarized in a lot of ways, similarly to the United States and other places, where you have incredibly open and loving and gay-friendly areas, and you have less uh, less so. Yeah. You know? So if you're a gay, if you're a gay, if you are a gay in Israel, <laughs> uh, you basically choose one of these two options, which is uh, either surrogacy abroad, mostly in the United States, but some of them go um, outside of the United States Mm for um, mostly funding reason. I'm not going to say what I think about this. Why not? What do you think about this? What? What do you think? 
I don't understand. Oh, I think that uh, a lot of the countries that they, other than the US, that they choose to go to, yeah. um, they're doing things that are illegal, basically. Um, like either marry yeah. the surrogate yeah. or, you know, some other stuff or like doing it um, in a way that is not ethical. Well, unfortunately, I mean, yes, I think that that's a serious problem. And going back to some of the other uh, episodes of Around the World that we've done, I think that is a legitimate part of the reason why surrogacy is illegal in some countries for, for everyone because of fear of exploitation of surrogates. You yeah. know, it's a scary thing. Um, and uh, unfortunately, Israel hasn't stepped up and made it legal uh, for gays inside the country, but they'll yeah, get there. They'll get there. Um, the other option is uh, co-parenting. So that's also very popular in Israel. And my ex-boyfriend did that. Mm. Um, it's uh, like, with a, similarly to other countries, it's most common to be with a friend. So like a family friend or right. like an old friend or a new friend. So like somehow you, you get to know, as you said, people know people. Yep. What is this ex-boyfriend thing you just referred to? I didn't think you had ever actually met no, or kissed I, anyone before you met yes, me. Yes, of course, I'm a virgin. All right, please continue. They're a supporting organization, and I think what's what's really great about Israel, uh, and it's similarly to Australia, we talked about it last week, that a lot of the community really stays in to guide other members of the community. Right. So if you're a new gay Person. I think what you're saying is that if you're a new prospective gay dad in Israel, uh, there are a lot of resources and a lot of people who are willing to open their hearts and their homes yeah. uh, to you. And we want to provide links that will help you find yeah. some of those organizations. The most prominent is Avot Game, Gay Dads Israel. Um, if you know English and you're listening to us and you understand what, you're, what we're saying, also Men Having Babies, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of information and, and please use that. It's really important. Now we're going to go to MHB Corner, the Men Having Babies Corner, with Ron Dayan, who is the executive director of this organization. And today he's going to talk for a minute about the disparity that exists in the financial support for people who are trying to do surrogacy uh, and the differences that exist in different countries around the world um, between men and gay men who are trying to do that and straight couples. This is MHB when men uh, pursue surrogacy to build their families, uh, obviously one of the major obstacles is the financial barrier, given that this is almost in every variation a very expensive proposition. This is where men having babies see the issue of fertility equality as crucial for our advocacy, advocacy work. The reason being that we are not considered almost anywhere as quote-unquote infertile Therefore, even if there are benefits associated uh, with infertility that would otherwise allow us to get insurance or other funds for the IVF treatment and even in some cases part of the surrogacy process, those are given only to heterosexual couples uh, or people who can show that they happen to also be quote-unquote medically infertile. One of the major examples of that is IVF insurance that in uh, some places uh, cover uh, also surrogacy or situations of surrogacy in the United States. And uh, we are now advocating a different definition of fertility that is not just a disease uh, or condition, but also a status. Uh, and we're doing that in partnership with the organization Resolve, which is the National Infertility Organization. In Israel, the case has been um, going on for years 
where heterosexual couples get substantial benefits uh, uh, for surrogacy domestically and gay, uh, same-sex couples are totally prohibited uh, from uh, pursuing surrogacy domestically, including the associated IVF benefits. Subsequently, several uh, uh, high-tech companies and other large organizations stepped up uh, and that campaign was also uh, done with uh, an organization that we partnered with called uh, LGB Tech uh, in Israel um, and have offered substantial benefits, sometimes as much as $10,000 or more, like Microsoft, for instance, uh, for gay employees that cannot otherwise become parents who surrogacy domestically. Uh, in the United States, there are plenty of uh, large organizations that also offer, at the very least, coverage for the IVF treatment, also for gay men. And if you work in a company that does not, uh, please uh, let us know because we can help you uh, expand those the eligibility for these benefits to also cover uh, yourself and your partner. Um, and we have done so in many cases in the past already. Manhavingbabies.org Thank you, Ron Puldayan, manhavingbabies.org. Um, you should go there because, um, and especially because I know that a lot of Israelis who pursue fatherhood through surrogacy are facing this financial barrier, and men having babies have a program that helps you financially, as well as if you're not in the program and just want to get some discounts from almost every provider of surrogacy, you can just do, that, do so by being a member of Men Having Babies. So just check that out. They have a lot of information there. I just want to go back for a minute to what I said about doing it in other countries versus in the US. I know that there is a lot of other, you know, maybe other places that we didn't cover th during this season where surrogacy is ethical, um, but I think it's very important for us as gay men to really uh, support the idea of ethical surrogacy, not for the sake of our case specifically, but for the sake of the whole community around the world that sometimes blocks, like we heard in other countries, blocks surrogacy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've, I've expressed it in several of these episodes. This is not a simple issue. It would be great to say surrogacy should be legal all the time and everybody should be able to do it and blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. But it's complicated because while in certain countries and in certain scenarios, uh, women will naturally be protected in so many circumstances, they won't. And mm -hmm. how do we know? How do you even know as a prospective parent that your surrogate is being treated properly during the entire process exactly and, and this is why I, f I feel that us as gay men it's kind of our job to make the world a better place right so i think that in that that sense we it's really important for us to make sure that the surrogates are treated properly that everything is going like we're not exploiting these women because we're right. doing an amazing thing and it's a it's an amazing thing it's so, an amazing you know, thing Two more resources that I think are very important to mention. Alex and I have a book out, sort of. Wait a minute, don't take credit for a translation. We did the translation. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it was an Israeli book uh, in Hebrew called uh, A Day of Pride. It's by a, a wonderful, wonderful dad, Roy Yuldus Reis. He wrote this wonderful children's book about pride parade. So you go into a pride parade, the people you see there... From the point of view of children, it's really heartwarming. It's a wonderful, wonderful story on pride versus shame. And it's really highly recommended. We're going to put a link to it um, 
on daddysqr.com slash Israel, uh, and you can all see what we're talking about. Did we make sure that they understood that it's available in English because of the oh. translation? I don't know if we did that, okay. but we did do a translation of it. We hope we did well by it, and we had a blast translating it because it really is a fun, warm, wonderful thing. It's for young kids. You don't have to, uh, you know, it's not a long read, and it's very colorful and, and quite beautiful. It's beautiful, and it's available now on Amazon.com. The second resource is a book by my favorite parenting coach in Israel. Her name is Einat Natan. It's also available now in English. It's called My Everything. It was her debut book in Israel. I read it like three times, I want to say, and now I'm reading it in English. Um, it's Einat Natan, she's like, uh, she has five kids, and she has those five kids after she had a stillbirth. Yeah. So she knows what it means to, and the fir- it was the first time she was pregnant. Uh, she knows what it means to have a quiet that is not the loud noises of having kids around. Um, it starts depressing, but it's, um, but it's mostly talking about parenting issues um, and things that if you're a parent, you might have experienced yourself. Um, if you're not a parent, it's good to know what's coming. <laughs> but she has this point of view that I feel it's very different from all the psychology books and the parenting books that you'll read in English. So it's called My Everything. It's a bestseller in Israel. Gal Gadot said that it's amazing on the cover. Empathetic, and- thoughtful, and full of wisdom. She says. And, and Gal Gadot, who plays Wonder Woman, I mean, Wonder Woman must know automatically how to parent. And if not, <laughs> she has the lasso. So both of these books are now available, and we're going to put a link, links to it. And also, Alex is supposed to read one of them. I'm not going to say which one on our Instagram next week. Oh, well, you can guess because I can't read very well. Everything we talked about and then some, you can find a lot of information in our resource cheat sheet on daddysqr.com slash Israel. Daddy, Before we go, uh, this episode will be coming out the day after American Father's Day, and uh, I would like to tell everybody about uh, the last six months. Um, we had a scare with one of our health scare with one of our children in January of this year. It was certainly the most difficult thing I've ever experienced in my life. Uh, we've done our podcast uh, many episodes since then. We haven't spoken about it. And uh, yesterday morning, uh, before we recorded this, we received the results of some tests that lifted a tremendous amount of fear off of our shoulders. Uh, and uh, it's an incredible blessing. It also reminded me that For those of you who are already parents, you know this. For those of you who are prospective parents, I got to tell you something. Of course, it's the most incredible thing you'll ever do. It also means that you have taken your heart and you have put it somewhere else that it has never been before. It used to be that it was in your chest uh, and you carried it around with you. And that meant that you could control it and you could protect it uh, behind your ribs um, and then you have kids and it's, it's not there anymore. It's out somewhere else and it can be poked and it can be stepped on. And that's amazingly a good thing <laughs> because it means that your heart has experiences that it never had before. I have never been uh, more thankful than I am in the last 24 hours uh, for the health and well-being of my children and my family, of my husband. And I 
am really happy that I get to share uh, this kind of thing, the the ups and the downs of being a father with all of you. And just know this, as terrifying as it is, for those of you who don't have kids yet, as terrifying as it is, there is nothing like the feeling that I have right now to know that my child is well and uh, I am out of my mind with happiness about it. So why are you crying? Oh, fuck off. (laughs) We love you guys. Thank you for listening to Daddy Squared, the Gay Dads podcast. We're going to see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Daddy, that's QR.com.